0: Creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast.
1: Every usual road has got a sign, and every boy uses the same line. I pledge allegiance to everything now.
2: Friday, August 11th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks, short on time. If the goal is 30 minutes, my experience having cooked HelloFresh two to three times a week for the last... Four or five months. Yeah, is I'm a slow
3: cook because yeah, I'm a solid 45 minutes. I'm just saying, camera. I we we've discussed this before, and I think it's not the the experts at HelloFresh. I think you're doing something wrong. Can I ask you something about your stove? Yes. Yes. Does it require you to like actually chop down a tree and 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 find wood kindling to burn no. and? and just before and then heat up for a while because I think that I I think they're expecting like modern kitchen equipment. No, I think I, that I, could no. be no,
2: It's not there. that the thing is like what what it is is like you put the thing on the thing to simmer and then while that's simmering you you prep this next step. No, I don't do that. I wait for the, I I I go literally like. Number one, number two, number three. And I'm not looking ahead to get going on the next thing.
4: And no. that, that's the problem. And no. that wastes my time. No, I'm going to disagree with everything. Here's okay. the problem. Okay, You've got your TV on. Yeah, You've got your 100%. phone in your left hand. You've no got Cohen coming home and he's wanting to build a NASA rocket. You're approving. You're looking at, you have a hang up things about relevant on the wall that you're putting X's through and yeah. saying yes and no. It's true. And then with your spare quarter of a brain that you've got left, <laughs> You're making a HelloFresh in 32 minutes and then whining about it on the podcast. <laughs> I <laughs> think if you just dialed in a little bit, yeah. I think you have the capacity no, to listen, do it in 20 minutes.
2: And then I can't speed up the oven.
3: I can't like make it just by paying attention to it. it, it Cameron, it, it, I, I I have news for you. Yeah. You can speed up the We've oven. We've talked about <laughs> this you just before. You got to turn it a little bit higher. I think the problem is <laughs> you're just going at low heat for some reason, which <laughs> I don't think. I think you know to be even though HelloFresh makes a great product. It, To avoid food born illnesses, you're going to need to get that baby over 120 degrees because if you're cooking on that, I think I know why it's taking in two hours. Well,
4: and we've talked about this before, Jesse, and nobody can disprove our point. All right, 300 degrees 20 minutes, 600 degrees 10 minutes.
3: Literally, it works every time. Simple math, simple math, and never preheat. Hello,
2: Fresh employees two <laughs> full time right. registered dietitians on staff who review each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced and they deliver the food to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. It's great, I love it. I've even gotten my picky seven year old who only would eat pizza and you know, chicken nuggets basically, yeah, um, eating. The full range of the HelloFresh menu, I'm telling you, it's delicious.
4: Unfortunately, he has to wait six hours because daddy's got to finish his Rubik's well, he was, Cube. He
2: was honestly late for bed the, uh, by a solid amount of time uh, the night before school started because uh, we were cooking together and okay. it took a solid hour.
4: Yeah, you were so. having a moment, and experience. I just, I think right now I'm nervous that they won't sponsor the show again because <laughs> of what you've said. So I just want to say it can be done in around 30 and most minutes. Most people can. Yeah. This is your problem. Yeah, I respectfully, com- I know
2: that's what I'm saying. It's my fault. Like <laughs> right. I don't look ahead. I don't manage. I don't multitask in the kitchen. Well, I don't have that experience. But I'm saying I, the yeah. meal always ends up great. Yeah, it just ends up usually a little bit later than I expect.
4: And at the front of the show, I don't want to bury this. You mentioned that the date today is August 11th, yeah. which means that tomorrow is my. Half
3: birthday. I will be turning 37 and a half. I will be be taking the next two weeks off, obviously, and uh, just celebrating. My big half half birthday, birthday. you guys.
2: Right now, HelloFresh is offering relevant podcast listeners a special offer. You can get $30 off your first week of deliveries by visiting HelloFresh.com and entering offer code RELEVANT30 when you subscribe. Go do it. HelloFresh. $1
4: off for every minute over. (laughs) It takes you to do a normal meal. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffee. Yes, here I am. It's good to see you. Back from Brooklyn. Uh, No, I've never been. No, I've been to Brooklyn.
2: Uh, <laughs> over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, is a little crappy this morning, Chandler Strang.
4: Ooh. Ooh. Hello. There were some big buttons today that he had to mash that got difficult for him. I know he's got frustrated with his little teal Chandler, shirt on. Hey, Chandler,
3: <laughs> one day, dude, just let it all out on the air, okay? Just gonna L- explode. Look, if there's one thing I know about broadcasting is that <laughs> the, 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 the drama... It equals ratings okay it's the, it's the bill that's of why, that's why when you watch reality tv people end up throwing dishes of pasta yeah. at each other's faces i'm not saying it needs to go to that level but if someday we just need to have it out between you and Eddie, between We're you and Eddie, people are gonna love it. People, that's why people tune in. That, that's that's what brings the people, and they want the drama. You know, you know what they say on reality TV. They say I don't, I didn't come here to make friends, and they just have it out. You and Eddie, mano a mano, mic on mic. Oh, gather Wait, the crowd. It was, was really cool. This uh, is, this, be, is May, this is Mayweather. Uh, right. uh, uh, you know uh,
4: what's McGregor, his name? Uh, okay, nice. You kind of tapered off there at the end, but. It it just be me and Chandler each on a computer with Pro Tools open. You, you were,
2: you were <laughs> a counselor. I mean, I think up. what we observed this morning with his frustration and how he handled it, it was stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down, which means one day he's going to break all the dishes. Well, <laughs> with it, the,
4: the bigger problem is is the first thing you do in counseling is you make sure that people have like health and shelter and let's looks like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The yeah. real problem yeah. that Chandler is having this morning yeah. Yeah. is that it is 90 degree. It's 90 degrees out. It's extremely hot <laughs> yeah. and he's wearing a teal sweatshirt for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's it's like sometimes it's cool. the studio gets cool a little chilly. He's yeah. just hot. That's he's just, he's like a little kid. It's just like just give him a, a nap. Well, him I think a, he needs a nap too and a yeah. snack, a kind a bar s- and a little nappy, and then we'll have him back. He's gonna be fine. And then we'll get to the deeper issues with you know who. You, you guys, no, i
5: no, dialed in to where Chandler's at right now, and you're you're pushing him to the edge, <laughs> guys. All right, we're gonna get. He's gonna go scar on us. Right, right. seconds no, It's gonna it's gonna be right. in the papers. It's gonna be a bait like it's. There's going to be firing, multiple firings. None yes. of our jobs might survive just because of what you guys are doing. To my friend Chandler, right now, and I don't appreciate
3: it. A- a- Eddie, okay, I have a different idea. I'm not look. I have no training in counseling, but if I did, I would take the opposite approach. I would make sure both subjects, both subjects, are physically extremely uncomfortable. Right. I, it would be sweltering in there, and they would be wearing garbage bag wrestling suits like they're cutting weight. I would also ensure that they haven't eaten in a while, and I would have a pointy stick that I'm repeating. <laughs> poking them with while asking questions. I'm just trying to heighten the degree of agitation because in my theory that's the only way you're going to get to the real truth. Just make sure they're as agitated as possible when it's time for them to speak their deepest, darkest secrets.
4: you got to wonder how sweet Dana is even a part of this whole charade anymore. But we love her and good luck, Jesse. <laughs> Over there on the Skype <laughs> line from <laughs> Loverland,
2: Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And uh, joining us from, I'm so alone. No, from I'm... <laughs> Nashville, uh, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. Now, you might be thinking we've been rotating that fourth seat all summer long. Every week, it's a different person. Uh, Tyler was on last week. He's on back to back. What in the world? It's because uh, Jesse Tyler and I were in Chicago this past weekend for Lollapalooza. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> that's right the I comic, forgot about Lala now Tyler you know has a brand and, and, oh, yeah. and he, apparently he's known for his interest in comic books oh, yeah. and, and apparently that interest has now defined his wardrobe as well <laughs> yeah. and at Lala every day he wore different superhero outfits yeah and all the nerds would come up to him because apparently he was wearing obscure superheroes oh. things and all the nerds would be like, Hey man, love the shirt yeah, and they'd right. like high five them and stuff. I take
5: issue with that because <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe Jesse, maybe you noticed this. I really feel like it was the coolest people at Lollapalooza who kept coming up to me like the God <laughs> yeah. tier yeah. upper, the 1% of the, of you the know, we fa- models, uh, uh, celebrity, star actors, obviously the bands would point, at, point it pointed out from the crowds. Uh, and I feel, and I think that there's just a little bit of jealousy coming on from Cameron. And Cameron, I'd be happy to go buy you some obscure superhero shirts if you wanted to join me in this tier of of uh, of style that I found myself in of high fashion. I
2: went into a comic book store for the first time with my son uh, like a month ago. Right, because he's a kid. Right, and he. Found the kids section and stuff. Right. Uh, he was the only Which kid. Is the whole store. He was the only kid in the store. It yeah. was all all of uh, Tyler's peers uh, milling around on yeah. a Saturday afternoon, and it was an interesting uh, dice, like cross section <laughs> of uh, society that I didn't know, frankly,
3: existed. It yeah, was, I uh, can say this. I witnessed a lot of these fist bumps that Tyler was receiving. It was 100% male and 100% real-life versions of the comic book guy on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 can I be honest? I'm not, ensure, I'm not entirely sure it wasn't the same guy just being real creepy and follow, ty- following Tyler around the whole thing. <laughs> Tyler, if, I, if I'm going to be honest with you. Tyler, what's your signature
4: shirt that's just like, oh, this one's going to just smoke up? That,
5: really
3: that, really, that really brings all the boys
5: to the yard. Um, when I really want to like turn. I really g- want like, <laughs> to turn, really turn it up to eleven. I guess so. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, sure. cool. Oh man, I could never. I mean, I mean come on like Eddie, who's your favorite child? You can't play this sort of game. Chandler. There's no there's, I don't have. I don't play favorites with the shirts. The shirts play favorites with me. I, a different one chooses me every morning. I wear it out and you know what? Every day I go out there and I, I win the we have a great show coming up for you today.
2: Uh, coming up later, Jesus culture joins us. Uh, their album. Love has a name. Uh, what is it is they're going fi- to you'll find out later on the show. Today. I have a guess. Stay, stay yeah.
4: tuned. What's, what's your guess? Just Ronnie. kevin love is the name
2: it's uh it's uh, their new album and they're gonna walk us through it coming up later on the show awesome and then after that at the other end of the spectrum we have a screenwriter uh gary doberman is joining us he is the writer behind this weekend's movie annabella creation and the upcoming movie the nun which are Part of the, or which is part of uh, the Conjuring universe. There's like a, ho- there. he's a horror movie screenwriter. Yeah. But what's interesting, yeah. a horror, horror, not horror movie. Nice and slow. Yeah. No, yeah. Horror. <laughs> horror. Every, every time he's. I'm not familiar with his early work, so, you yeah. know, <laughs> could, maybe. Could be. Um, anyway, he's coming up later. Uh, what's fascinating, uh, I'm not a horror fan. Uh, I'm enunciating right. very carefully on H-O. that one. I'm not a horror fan, uh, but uh, these movies are fascinating from a Christian perspective because so many of them are based on true stories that are like are around like Christian figures and 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 priests and nuns and and demon possession and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and the and the movies aren't known for gore or anything like that. It's like it's kind of depicting uh, things that actually happened. And these screenwriters are bringing these kind of true stories to
3: the, to the big screen. And, uh, Gary Dauberman is a fascinating figure. So yeah, it's coming up later. He's also, I mean, he's also like a rising figure in Hollywood. He's the one adapting it, the Stephen King movie, which is already, you know, looking like it's going to be a big blockbuster. He's he's adapting what? Sorry. Stephen King's it. Stephen
5: King's what? I think this is a joke. I can do this. I can do this bit all day until I get <laughs> who's, on,
4: who's on first? Hi-yo.
1: Who's on first? No, who's on
4: first? We're to get out.
2: Okay, <laughs> so there's two things that I want to cover before we get to in case you missed it. Now, last week on the show, I saw some Twitter feedback of people giving tips to other listeners on Twitter. Like, hey, by the way, Fast forward twenty eight minutes in, if you want to listen in case you min- missed it, because we did a lot before we got to in case you missed it. This week, I have two things I want to cover before we get in case you missed it. I'm just giving you a heads up now. First things first, before we get, I want to tell you about Lala. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean that's coming up. Right. But but before that, I got you something, Eddie. Oh my gosh! I hope it's not some nerdy comic book shirt. Uh, no, I it's w- nerdier. I oh, uh, you should I, be so on lucky. Twitter last week. Um, I saw a tweet where they were. Like you know, a couple weeks ago, your favorite band had had a boat ride the the DC Talk they cruise. The, oh yeah, <laughs> the DC Talk right, cruise yeah. happened, <laughs> and uh, apparently they didn't sell out the merch table. Yeah, they so, definitely what? sold out, but not sense. the merch table. So yeah, yeah, they so they were selling leftover cruise paraphernalia. How it's shocking that <laughs> they had, I, had some. <laughs> I got
4: you something. Oh no, I'll put this right next to my album. Oh, no. I got you a DC Talk oh, captain's no. trucker's hat. What oh, a terrible, wow. awful And I got
2: thing. myself a matching one. Oh, <laughs> so we, no. have, we have matching <laughs> DC Talk uh, captain's trucker hats. Oh, and, uh, no. I this thought,
4: is my favorite hat ever. <laughs> well, this go. is quite support, a gift.
2: Supporting the, supporting the crew. For those of you that
4: can't <laughs> see it, and I'm sure that it will be all over our Instagram pretty quickly because this is... Certainly the nicest thing anyone's ever given me. Um, And I've got a wedding ring on. This is still nicer. Um, It is a black trucker's hat with the... uh, Captain's epaulets or something. The epaulets, the little scrambled egg things on the brim. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm surprised you... With a rope, a gold rope, and then a gold embroidered DC Talk logo.
4: Did you have to, like, break the $9 threshold in order to get free shipping, and that's why you got two of them? Because I can't imagine... No, I bought one so we could imagine hats. I'm just saying, I'm... I'm, They're
3: probably... (laughs) giving hey, 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 Eddie, if you go to Lollapalooza with us next year, you and Cameron are both going to want to wear those hats around (laughs) together. Oh, I'll... I will... And you might be stalked by the same psycho that was following Tyler around all weekend. My question is, first of all, thank you for the nice gift. That's a great one. It will
4: go nicely next to the... Uh, I have some of the best DC talk stuff from you. The, uh, Where's the al- album? Oh yeah, do I have the like the gold? Not the gold plate. silver. It? P- no, platinum? it's here. I assume oh, it's yeah, yeah. being yeah. Uh, the uh, the platinum,
2: the double platinum display. The congratulations, uh, yeah. Jesus frequent double platinum given to Lifeway Christian stores. I bought
4: it at the right. Goodwill auction. One of the greatest gifts I've ever been given, and I am assuming it'll make its way into the it's new, a building. new studio, of course. Like, cause it's a pretty prominent, or of my office. I don't know where it's going. to My <laughs> office in the new
3: studio, or I don't know. I received, I received uh, a very kind. One of the coolest gifts I've ever gotten, not just from podcast fans, is from Joshua Hernandez, who wrote me a very nice note that included. It is an autographed deck of signature David Blaine Whoa, deck of cards. No Whoa. way. That's actually pretty <laughs> yes, cool. Yes, absolutely. That's it, it, sick. It is so freaking cool so like yeah david blaine when he does his tricks you guys will notice he has his own signature signature set of cards he doesn't just use you know the the, the ones you buy at the drugstore. Gotta he's got say, his own gotta say they're that. really high quality you know and it has a really creepy david blaine eye on the front and it was autographed he's got a story about how he got these autographed for me from david blaine himself i said i slept with these beside the bed last night did you feel a weird presence? I was visited by David Blaine. <laughs> that comes, one visitation comes with every deck of cards. It was pretty cool. What's, He's right now encased in a block of ice underneath my bed, and I don't know how to get him out of here, but <laughs> I was very appreciative of If game. you
4: look at David Blaine's Instagram from a year ago, yeah. there's a picture of him wearing a DC Talk hat and listening to the relevant <laughs> podcast and saying, enjoy the cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty in, it's pretty incredible. It's a good trick. Wow. It's a pretty shocking. and stunning. Hey, Delusion, can Jesse, Michael. can I ask you a, a Uh, question that seems uh, beside the point, but how'd they get
3: your address? Oh, they sent it to the office and the office sent it to me. Okay, because yeah. I was like, I don't even have your address. I <laughs> <David> send- <laughs> Bl- they asked They asked David Blaine when he was autographing <laughs> the cards. They said, this is going to a guy named Jesse Carey. And he literally, and David Blaine, without batting, didn't even blink because he never blinks. Right, Told them my address to where to send it. showed it, up. Do- it was a pretty cool trick. I don't know how he does, does that. Does it at all do take he, away he, from
4: the mystery of the trick that he uses his own deck? Because yeah. then you just, you know, I'm like, all right, that's a deck full of aces of hearts. I have it here. And it seems
2: pretty
3: standard. There
2: you go. Hey, uh so we were we were in Lala we were in Chicago this past weekend, Lollapalooza 2017. I lost count. It was either my 10th or my 11th trip to Lollapalooza. And uh we were it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Tyler was there Thursday. I came on Friday morning. Jesse's flight was canceled and he didn't get there till Saturday morning. Uh oh, but man. we 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 killed it uh on Friday. Uh, you know the guys go to interview bands. I get yeah. a photo pass. I shoot nice and... um,
4: Arcade Fire picture. Oh, thanks. what'd you shoot that with? Our camera. Oh, uh, like a Canon Mark III with you know L series glass. All of a sudden it's like all of a sudden Andy Barron's not such a big deal. Like anybody can do it. You just point a <laughs> camera toward a person and hit the
2: button. You know, I mean it it's seems like, so easy, Andy. Style. No, I I actually shot a ton of stuff. I just those are the only ones I posted. I'll 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 post the rest of them. They're really it was really some cool stuff it was neat great but um what we do the reason why we go number one is because lala is a great way i it's like i like cheat sheets i hate going to shows so it's like in in three days i can see 180 bands i can see the biggest bands i love i can see i can discover new bands and new stuff and and then we get a ton of interviews and a ton of content uh we typically every year we do a little recap about our experience i thought it'd be cool to have tyler back on so we could talk about it today the um Tell you some of the highlights and uh, play some clips maybe for you guys. Uh, It was uh, it was weird for me, Tyler. I don't know. Tyler was there and he was just on Friday. I barely saw him because he was doing double the interviews because Jesse's flight was canceled, so he was just haggard. (laughs) Um, But so I was kind of I was kind of milling around on my own, and it was this weirdest. I had this weird experience where I had this like Groundhog Day thing. On Friday, where it was like Fanagram and the Killers yeah. and bands that i 've literally seen at Lollapalooza more than once, yeah. you know and then the the, the layout 's the same, and the signs are the same, and the vendors are the same and i 'm kind of going man i 've just like been here, done this so many times it 's like this isn 't a new Fun experience anymore, and I was like, "Man, that's I don't want to live life like that." So on Saturday and Sunday, I made it a point (laughs) to only see bands I'd never seen before, other than Arctic Fire. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's and uh, and 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 it became an amazing experience, and I discovered so many new artists and stuff. So it was really great, guys. What were what were uh, your highlights or takeaways from? The trip.
5: Well, I'll tell you guys. First off, that Thursday night, you, you didn't miss a whole lot on Thursday, uh, as you probably saw. There was a uh, there was a big rainstorm. I, I was at the, the Lord's headline set, and then um, three songs in or so, they uh, they had to call, they had to evacuate because there was a big thunderstorm going on, and and that started. A long journey of like self-discovery and sort of a Mad Max type situation where we were all leaving together and fighting for food and water and everybody started dressing up in rags of whatever animals they killed along the way and and that was that was sort of a low probably of Lala I, I um, that
2: happened two years ago but not at night oh, it happened right. in like the oh, yeah, afternoon right. yeah and
5: they they literally
2: because at night it was like they evacuated like toward the end people were kind of expecting to leave after Lord anyway and go home yeah. uh, and they just shut it down we got evacuated like early afternoon two years ago. And then like it reopened afterwards. So you couldn't like leave all of a sudden 200,000 people just had to like go into downtown Chicago during like a torrential, storm and there's there was, no, there was nowhere wild. for anybody to go. No, it was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like a, the swarm of people just overtook downtown Chicago in the middle of a storm. Did
4: you guys have like a hotel that was close enough or we, were you we just did. sort of in yeah, it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did. But I mean, that yeah. lobby was like an air, airport. You yeah. know, it was crazy. We yeah. just went up to our rooms, but it was, uh, but um, I, you know, it, it was nuts. Like Chicago's weather is usually really nice in the summers, but when they get a storm, they get a storm. Yeah.
5: I mean, the rest of the, the rest of the weekend was great. It was really nice from there on out. We had really good weather yeah. for Lollapalooza. So,
3: so, so to, to, I mean, I, I think I think all of us could probably start with what was the best performance, which was Chance's well, homecoming show, uh, which headlined, what, Saturday? That was Saturday night, right? Saturday
2: night. Here's a clip of of uh, Chance the Rapper at Lollapalooza this past weekend. Are you ready for?
1: you There you go. Now, okay.
2: So it was a great show. Yeah. But I think what was most memorable about Chance Rapper's hometown show, yes, was not the show. It was. Would you all agree? Was it the crowd?
3: Are you saying it's, it's the, the crowd, crowd
2: experience?
3: It's, he, okay. L- let me preface <laughs> this like. Because Cameron really wanted because this is this was a big deal. This was like, okay, Chance had this huge year. He won Grammys. He's you know one of the biggest now one of the biggest names in hip in music in general. And Chicago is his hometown. He went to school like blocks away from Grant Park where Lollapalooza is. This is his homecoming. This is his moment. So I think I've tried to get in Cameron's head a little here. He decided he wanted to be up close. He wanted to to really soak it in. Get the experience. So Tyler and I... I wanted to be close as well. Yeah, Tyler and I had just seen
2: Chance in the last... I mean, this year and in an arena... And we yeah. thought, man, no, 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 yeah. we need to go and suck the marrow out of this experience. We need to like, we need to like be close and have a different experience right. than what we had sitting in our nice arena seats.
4: And Tyler had like a right. big, he had like a question for him ready. And he was like, yeah. he wanted to get close enough that he yeah. could like, like yellow. Be, yeah. yeah.
5: I, I wanted um, him to see my captain America. shirt. I think he would appreciate it.
4: Chance. What was your favorite Arkham <laughs> part of Arkham <laughs> asylum from the Batman? Series? Something you should know about Ch- Lala
5: is every night, the headliners,
2: they have two headliners going on opposite ends of the podcast park You know, it's about two miles from each other. That seems hard. Do it, they, they pair? They split the crowd. So they'll do yeah. like The Cure and then they'll do like a really cool band or they'll do like uh-huh. Mumford and Sons and a cool band. Like they'll do like Cure Burn. They'll, they'll like do an old and a new and okay. they split the crowd or they'll do rock and hip hop. You know, they'll like split right. the crowd. Uh, the XX was the other
3: headliner. Oh. N- not big enough to split the crowd. I feel bad it, for the, the XX. I went over yeah. there. The crowd was just the a couple of the XX parents. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>
1: they, they <laughs> were, they so were
2: literally all of Lollapalooza <laughs> was on this one half yeah.
3: trying to see Chance, and
2: that created a situation that in my 11 years I've never seen before. Even Radiohead.
4: They De- definitely split the crowd incorrectly for that that's yeah. what i'm like, saying not even, clo- not even close even xx is great and it'd be cool to see Just him but like comparatively no he owns his own I- even if you're a huge xx fan you want to see chance's homecoming show the only know? way to split him would have been like arcade fire or something right. where you yeah. genu- genuinely like okay yeah, I-, I don't know you kind of
2: maybe go to half but and half. But, yeah. but, right. but,
3: but but what what it, what the situation amounted to was Tyler and I finally made our way to Cameron and Cameron has figured out the only way to survive because at this at this situation our lives it is so tight in there you, you, the, 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 you cannot you, you literally can't yes. move like it's hard to breathe it, it's outside it's really and you felt like to... the air was restricted so Cameron begins befriending these like 19, 20 year olds that are surrounding in- him incorrect. who are all who are all we're pretty confident on various illicit substances to, to enjoy the, the show <laughs> because these yeah. young people were on these alleged substances mm-hmm. they were
2: very talky and friendly i'm standing there minding my own business Kevin. they're chatting me up yeah and they're like you know <laughs> wanted to get to know me what's your name do you, where do you go to school i'm like what are you talking about why i'm a full-grown adult why would you
4: ever want to get to know somebody i'm a full-grown adult
2: i go i'm 41 years old i don't go to school i have a job and then they're like what huh? and why aren't we talk why are we talking yeah. Just watch the show. Well, it is before the show started.
4: Watch the, watch the announcements. But then, but the watch
2: thing them is, set up. God, they, these kids They're super friendly and they're like offering you the things that they have enjoyed partaking in. They're like, hey, you want some of this stuff? And then I'm like, no, thank you. And then all of a sudden they're like, what's, why are, why is this 41 year old who's not having a good time? Quote unquote hanging out. Here. You know, they're like, is yeah. he an undercover cop? I mean, that's yeah. why I think when I showed wondering.
3: up. I alerted everyone. We got a cop here. <laughs> <laughs> right here. This guy's cop. Cop.
4: Be cool. Yeah. So, so Tyler p- and Jesse show p- pass me up. me another one of those cookies. Okay. So
2: the crowd is like you can't move, but nobody's necessarily touching you when the show starts. Okay. Show starts mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, 100,000 people surge S- forward. Depressed. Your body is lifted and you are moved 20 feet up. OK, oof. then later in the show, it happened again. Like it, it like, like it even like separated us it, like the crowd surge. At that point, you are literally on all four sides of your body pressed flesh to flesh with other people like swe- we've been standing for two hours at
3: this point, sweaty, <sighs> dancing. They're up and down. let like moving and they're all on you. Humans are the worst. Can, can I tell you what my move right there? Tyler at that point looked at me and he said, this is how we die. <laughs> this is it. This is how we go. So, what I did? Have you guys seen Dunkirk? Yeah, it was like Dunkirk at yeah. that point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, survival—the the chances were were slim to none. Yeah. I saw a train of girls that had like grabbed each other's shoulders, like shoulder to shoulder. And we're going to try to like snake their way out, just like linking arms. And that I was like, I'm jumping on the back of that train of like of, of you know, of girls. And I'm going to get out of here. And it was like one of those rescue boats on Dunkirk. I had to kick Tyler off of it. I had to use my foot, <laughs> put it on his chest and push him back into the crowd. I couldn't have a chance of him pulling me back in. It was every man for himself. And I'm not ashamed of what I did. Hey Chandler,
2: Chandler, little edit note. Can we make sure that the clip at the end of the show is Jesse saying, I wanted to jump on that train of girls
4: yeah can we also please have a can we also good. please uh, cut in our uh, interview with one of from the greatest generation who was actually at Dunkirk <laughs> being attacked by the Germans and how it relates to this guy who had been eating you know pot gummy bears and lollipalooza
3: we both looked death in the face yeah, that yeah, day, yeah. So. it's almost exactly like Dunkirk
4: but
2: the show itself uh, <laughs> didn't disappoint it was amazing oh. uh, a terrible crowd experience but it was my low and my high was it was that one concert yeah uh, but but the show was remarkable. we were
5: divided on uh, on Francis the lights coming out to join chance to do may I have this <sighs> yeah. dance Cameron and I both really liked the fact that they brought their viral choreography from the music video yeah, to the stage awesome
3: and performed it beautifully
5: yeah Be- it was it was it was like a ballet performance
3: okay so so for those of you who don't know Francis and the lights has a song where chance has a guy has a remix of well, a song here, here's where a chance here's does a, a clip here's
2: a clip of yeah. uh uh, Francis and the may Lights, I, may I have, have, have this dance, dance with uh, Chance the Rapper?
1: May I have this dance? Can I say something crazy? I love you. Give him all your hands. You to Let me stand and excite you. have you got your Grandmother's eyes you got your grandmother's ring. you've got your daddy's discernment.
2: There you go. So so the big surprise, hometown show All right right toward the end of the show, he brings out his friend Francis in the Lights, and they do that, which was an, um, just a mesmerizing uh, video and they kind of reenacted it on stage and then he hung out for a couple more songs, which is super cool.
3: Yeah, and, but they but if you've seen the video, yeah, they do a like, choreographed dance. And my thing is like it's great in like the cinematag- like the cinematography of like a music video. That's well crafted, well lit. When it's just two guys up there who aren't dancers doing like doing a like a, a choreographed dance like on this giant stage that clearly neither of them, if you looked at their face, wanted to do. Like they were just like, okay, just get through the steps and get to the point. I pole, disagree, the last First, I, think, I felt like I, the, I felt like that was it. Just it it, you know, it it made it so awkward. But I will say this: at that point, I was up, I was standing comfortably on a hill. My life was no longer in danger, so I was thinking rationally, unlike Tyler and and Cameron, who knew what they were witnessing <laughs> could be the last thing that they see. <laughs> we were just enjoying <laughs> it. This
2: is how we go. This is it. Soak it in. It's so beautiful. <laughs> (laughs) What did, uh, other than Chance, uh, what stood out to you guys? For me, it was actually for the first time in a decade, uh, hip hop had a real presence at Lollapalooza this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, They always have done like a token thing. You might get a Kanye, you might get a Nas, you might get a whatever, but that's it. Like two artists, that's it nothing mm-hmm. out of 200 bands, you yeah. know, um, it not representative of the impact that it has in the music scene this year, especially Sunday. Yeah, it was like, I literally was on the North stages and saw hip hop back to back from two o'clock through until Arcade Fire at 830. I saw, I mean, it was like 21 Savage, Migos, Ray Shrumard, uh, uh Joey, I can't say his name, uh, Big Sean, um, I mean, and then they even had the OVO stuff. They had um, yeah. uh, Maggie Jordan, they had had a Sampha on the all R&B t- I mean, it was like I love this music it was crazy so i was in the photo pits i was shooting these artists i mean it was it was nuts i mean it was wild even christian rapper nf played at Lollapalooza this year. Yeah. who went on tour with Flurry and all that. Had Praise a good him. crowd.
3: He did a great job. Amen. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was, cool. it was a big year for hip hop. I also felt like that, you know, for the last couple of years, like EDM is sort of like infiltrated all genres, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of like a trend. Um, but this year I felt like guitar rock kind of made a little bit of a comeback. I mean, hmm. it's always been there, but a lot of the bands, a lot of like the real guitar driven bands were bands that have been around, like I remember like two years ago. I saw like brand new or a few years ago it was bleachers which is now more like synth pop but we saw i felt like a couple of like i saw mountain joy who is sort of like folky psychedelic like jam band style rock uh, a cool british band called blossoms Actually, here's, uh, here's a clip of the blossoms um, they
2: they were a standout they were fantastic here's the blossoms and I go
1: back and show my love. I Attack! I'm told I should've known. No more nights alone, so cold. Let's go back to sleep.
2: We had never heard of the Blossoms, but you were going to be interviewing them. So we wanted to check out their show and they were playing the main yeah. stage in the afternoon and they were, they were phenomenal. But it's, yeah, it's funny, it was, like it's the first they were they kept introducing themselves to the crowd because the crowd like was small at the beginning and then they were playing. So people were drawn by what they were hearing and like the crowd got bigger and bigger. And so like they introduced themselves throughout the show because it, nobody
3: knows the Blossoms and they were great. They're going to yeah. be a breakout band. Oh, for sure. But I, I just kind of like I love like that genre of like more like stripped down kind of rock and roll. And it seemed like that had more of a presence this year than I can remember in the last like four years.
2: Um, It, it was a good. Show. And then obviously it, it ended uh, this year with Arcade Fire. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, live experiences rarely change your opinion of of uh art and music um, in the sense that I've always loved Arcade Fire. My m- most kind of memorable concert I've ever been to was Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just untouchable in my mind. And then their new album came out, um, Everything Now. And it just didn't connect with me. I just didn't yeah. really like it, right? And then um, we saw them live, and they played a lot of the new music. Funny, and it changed my opinion of the music. It oh. like it is. I I the next morning traveling back home, I just listened to it nonstop all day Monday. Yeah, it, I it's a masterpiece, and you, it's probably one of their best albums. Now, do you
4: think that's because yeah. it takes you back to like being in the energy in the moment, and you're with your friends, and it's like, oh, well, I, f- th-
2: I no no no, I think I I experienced the music differently than just hitting play and just sits in the background and I wasn't paying attention to it. Trying to like, do your you, fresh
4: box, you, whatever.
2: Right. You're immersed in right. what, the experience of that song. Yeah, I no And change. so, yeah, I mean, it changes... The impact that that song had on you. And so then when you hear it again, you hear it differently. Yeah. But I'm, I, yeah. I, I am like entranced with the new album and I didn't like it at all when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. And, and it is that, that performance changes. I find that I do
4: that a lot. Like it's just like you put on Apple Music, you're like, oh, this is new. And then you're driving to work and, and thinking of stuff. It. But it's yeah. like to really listen to, yeah. like put on headphones or something and focus. It's
2: dripping with Christian music. The content, I mean, dripping with it, and like, and the trajectory that it takes you on from a narrative, and like, even how the music flows, and it's like incredibly deep and also danceable. It's Mm -hmm. just this weird thing that you have. It's art. You have to consider it, and the live performance kind of, kind of grabbed my attention in that way, and um, uh, and in that sense, their concert was significant to me. Yeah. Um, it maybe wasn't that moment in time of 2012. It was different and that's yeah. awesome to see that a
4: band can evolve and yeah. they're not just kind of yeah. like
2: the killers doing the same old concert for
4: 10 years, you know, burn hot killers burn. They were there too. the
3: cure and the killers
4: have really, really been burned by you pretty part of this show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're never going to recover from that. now, um, but it is interesting because everything now the new uh, arcade fire album, you know, has like these you um, yeah, kind of like disco in, uh, influences you know yeah. and which i feel like was a genre that was built to be experienced live not recorded yeah. and so that the fact that hearing the music as it was intended can change your opinion of it so that's all the the more reason to go try to catch them out on the road this year here's a clip of arcade fire headlining the final night of lollapalooza You go the the one other thing that i like to do i'm sure you guys do is there's the, the small sit stage is the uh, on the side for the bmi stage mm-hmm. I, I, it might change from year to year but anyway it's where they kind of like new bands that haven't really developed a big following um uh, play but like you know like lady gaga like her first big show was there like they've been known to kind of break some artists um a few years ago like laney that's where we kind of like, sort of discovered them for the yeah. first time. Haim played that stage. Um, Haim played that stage. Yeah, yeah. Ha-Haim. Yeah, who's who's huge now. So <clears throat> I kind I always like to look at that lineup and kind of circle some bands that I checked out on Spotify to see who I think could be big. There was a band called Floor F L O R that played, and they play this sort of like. Cool indie synth pop um, that I think they could be uh, potentially uh, a a band we'll hear a lot about in the next few years uh, which was it was cool to catch them on the upswing here's a clip
2: There you go, floor. Uh, Tyler, did you experience or ex- kind of discover anybody like that?
5: Um, I think my biggest discovery. Uh, I I like you guys. I was really into to blossoms. I, th- I think they're gonna. I th- I think they're gonna slash. Hope they do really well because I'm I'm excited whenever anybody's f- able to spy find a uh, kind of a fresh spin on guitar rock that doesn't feel like they're just retreading stuff. That, you know that doesn't feel like nostalgic throwback, but feels like. A way to bring rock forward into the 2017, and I feel like they're doing that really well. Um, I'm also really into Mondo Cosmo. Did you guys catch that? I can't remember if you guys were there yeah, for Mondo Cosmo. I was sure there, and, and uh, on Monday morning
2: downloaded their album. Same thing. Uh, it came yeah, out this yeah, past really, weekend. Really good. Here is a little bit of Mondo
1: Cosmo. My friends are so alone and it breaks my heart My friends don't know
2: That's cool. Uh, the one thing that uh, one last thing I want to say before we move on is, uh, you know, Maggie Rogers was on our March cover. Uh, we yeah. saw her at South by Southwest doing a showcase mm-hmm. in March. Yes. And uh, I was there that afternoon. I think Tyler or Jesse, you were there. And um, she it was a universal showcase. There was several artists back to back, Japanese house and some others. And um, and Maggie comes out and she had a five song set. She was headlining this little showcase. So five songs. And she only had a four song EP. And you could tell she hadn't really performed at all because she was out of breath by song three and she did a great job and and the songs are great, but she was clearly terrified. you know what I mean? Yeah. To see her at Lollapalooza, play mm-hmm. a main stage and had of an hour long set only six months later. It just it was unbelievable. That's awesome. She crushed it. And she's been playing international festivals. She's been touring the world. And um to see her evolution as a yeah. performer That's cool. Let's me know for sure she's got the chops and she's gonna make it. Her next album, her you know, she's gonna continue Man. to ascend. And I think we'll look back at kind of us grabbing Maggie early and say, yeah, that she's she's one of the the real ones who makes a career out of this thing and becomes massive. Yeah, uh, she owned the main stage at Lollapalooza. It was cool.
4: That's awesome. Yeah, here is DC
2: Talk. Here's here's Maggie Rogers at Lollapalooza <laughs> this year. There you go. <laughs> That's it, that's it for our Law recap. Uh, it was a lot of fun, as it always is. Hey, thanks to all the podcast listeners who found me. I, I, yeah, I, I I probably got approached yeah, by cool. thirteen different podcast listeners over the course of Saturday and Sunday when I was at my hip hop shows, and that's cool. I was very aware of setting a good example for them.
4: Wild. We think we hang out in this clubhouse and just send an MP3 into the ether, and it's like actual people hear it. <laughs>
2: Several of them were at the NF show. Not to be not shockingly, you know, like no, they had to. Like I turned around and like there was kind of a line of people, kind of like well, waiting youth, for
4: it. the youth van drops them off right in front. Right in front of NF, yeah, <laughs> but
2: but I did I did run into one at the uh, at the Lil Yachty show. It oh was yeah. like well, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but uh, it was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Uh, everybody was super cool. Nobody was wearing dorky like comic book shirts or Only, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> Only <laughs> one just guy. Not true. Yeah. Just not true.
2: <laughs> um, all right, move well, moving the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for
1: in case you missed it.
2: Hey in case you missed it, uh, and Tomlinson's hall of fame speech was a powerful call for racial unity this week. The uh, NFL superstar ended his speech with a story about his great, great, great grandfather, George, who was brought to the U.S. as a slave and given the name Tomlinson, Uh, He said, the family legacy that began in such a cruel way has given birth to generations of successful, caring Tomlinson's. I firmly believe that God chose me to bring two races together under one last name, Tomlinson. He went on to encourage his fans to seek unity and healing for everyone and make America welcoming to people around the world. Here is uh, a, a clip of his speech.
4: America is the land of opportunity. Let's not slam the door on those who may look or sound different from us, rather let's open it wide for those who believe in themselves that anything is possible and are willing to compete and take whatever risk necessary to work hard to succeed. I'm being inducted into the Hall of Fame
1: because my athletic ability created an opportunity for me to excel.
6: In the sport I love, when we open the door for others to compete, we fulfill the promise of one nation under God,
1: with liberty and justice for all.
3: on. man! Mm-hmm. I watched that whole speech. Chills. Then that no joke. Like one, LT was like the coolest football yeah, player. Yeah, most league.
2: most of the speeches are like, I like to thank my coach and mm-hmm. my family, and then he gets up and starts preaching.
3: Oh man, and and the fact that it's Lt. who's on the fee, who's known for like an on the field demeanor that's cool, like cool as a cucumber, never talks trash, just like a real mellow dude. For him to get up there and give this passionate speech about unity and and you know racial reconciliation and you know what, we, alluding to like the immigration crisis and refugees, it was a it was a powerful moment. He brought you know everyone at the uh, football hall of fame to their to their feet. It was it was if you haven't seen the whole thing. You go online. You go to and watch it.
2: Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it. Oh boy.
3: <laughs> Remember a couple weeks ago, I brought the the hard-hitting news that Pure Flex. The studio <laughs> came p- out
2: swinging. Pureflex came out with uh, or announced that they're going to be doing a Christian soap opera. They're still at it, folks. Uh, Pure Flix (laughs) has now made the first Christian sitcom. Um, So this is the team behind God's Not Dead, uh, The Case for Christ, and of course, the Christian soap opera Hilton Head Island. Uh, Well, they've released (laughs) several clips from their new sitcom. Here's the name hitting the brakes according to the trailer. It's about a former race car driver who moves his family to Colorado and will apparently feature appearances by carrot top, Rob Schneider and yes, (laughs) Tim Tebow. Uh, the entire season just dropped on the pure flicks website. I watched all
3: of the cliffs, I'm tempted, I this is real talk, what? man. I am tempted to subscribe to Pure Flix to binge this whole thing, man.
4: <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna give you a oh, no. season
3: pass so that we get I've write already about got it. like interview yeah, I've already Gosh. been contacted by Pure Flix, but you know, I kinda wanna observe it not as like a journalist, not as someone in the media. I want to observe it just as a human being because that's how this should be watched and seen.
5: Every sentence that you said in describing it, from the from Pure Flicks all the way down to Tim Tebow, my my already just bottomed out interest plummeted <laughs> just a little bit deeper and <laughs> burrowed beneath the sun. Like you kept thinking I couldn't I could not hate this more. And then
3: <laughs> Can I say that the outlier to a degree we can all we can all agree is Rob Schneider? What's he doing in this? <laughs> Rob Schneider. You know they didn't pay him more than $250. Oh, I mean, no. but hey, he'll say yes to anything if there's a check involved. That's what i agree you did. you're paying Rob Schneider like Carl Weathers in Arrested Development where he's going to the craft services table and filling his pocket to go make a stew when he gets home. (laughs) (laughs) In case you missed it, the Clooney's are set to send 3,000
2: Syrian refugees to school. Uh, The Clooney Foundation for Justice is going to partner with UNICEF to donate two and a quarter million dollars to public schools in Lebanon. That'll cover the cost of educating uh, around 3,000 refugee children including textbooks, registration fees, and teacher salaries. Uh, school space in Lebanon is incredibly limited, which I've seen mm-hmm. firsthand. I've been mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. visited some of the schools. A lot of the refugee children, the one of the big uh, crises that's happening, uh, have been there. You know, They've been uh, refugees in Lebanon from Syria for upwards of five years. Well, this is the formative elementary years. Mm-hmm. They're, they're largely uneducated because mm. Lebanese schools are overcrowded, maxed out. They couldn't take the refugee children in. Yeah, And so... You know, Muslim, uh, some mosque schools are bringing some of the children in and some some other religious institutions. But largely, there's a generation of Syrian children that are going uneducated. So this is a huge crisis, and it's amazing to see them uh, supporting this. So uh, since school space in Lebanon is so limited, they usually operate on a two-shift system. One set of students, like Lebanese natives, attend in the morning. And then another set, the refugees, go in the afternoon pretty clever. The Clooney's donation will allow seven schools to stay open for a second shift, meaning thousands of refugees will be able to attend schools that wouldn't otherwise be able to stay open for the second shift. In a statement, Amal and George said, quote, thousands of young Syrian refugees are at risk. The risk of never being a productive part of society. Formal education can help change that. That's our goal with this initiative. We don't want to lose an entire generation because they had the bad luck of being born in the wrong place at the wrong time. Neat. It's, it's, it's a a crisis. I mean, talking about, you know, uh, if, if the war of violence in Syria was to end, you know, it will take 10 years or more to rebuild any sense of infrastructure so the displaced families could even mm-hmm. return back to their homeland, right? Mm-hmm. So if this child is, you know, and they've, you know, a lot of them have been displaced, like I said, for five years, ones we met. Yeah. So let's say they were three years old, you know, uh, when they were displaced. Now they're eight. Let's say the war ended tomorrow and they wanted to go back home. It's 10 years before there's even a school in Syria to take them. So now they're 18 and completely uneducated. The scary thing about what's happening is the next generation, the the generation that's going to lead Syria in the next 20 and 30 years is largely uneducated. This is a massive Thing that's happening they're, in Lebanon right. uh, and what the Clooney's are doing is yeah. is uh, making a real, real Education difference. really yeah. is the
4: silver bullet, and it's, lack it, of education is yeah. the silver often bullet. leads to radicalization. And so it's it's, it's a yeah. very big deal that they're doing that.
2: Right, absolutely. This is more than just you know they got displaced, da da da. It's like there's a generation of children coming up that need a future, and uh, that's huge. Yeah. yeah.
4: Also on ER, have you ever see that show? I liked them on that show. <laughs>
3: That was as inappropriate as my <laughs> Dunkirk. <I> <laughs> <Eddie. laughs> Probably more. A, you you d- can do
4: the apology did tomorrow. A sh- no. Did a short <laughs> stint on Give Me a Break too. One of my favorite shows. <laughs>
3: he did. He was on the Batman franchise. He was on uh, so. uh, the
2: one with all the the girls. What was that?
4: Oh yes. No, you're right. It wasn't Give Me a Break. It, it was break. Uh, Facts of Facts Life. Facts of Life. You're right. You're right. Know. I was with totally. Tootie. I was totally wrong. Tootie, George and Tootie and Mrs. Garrett. I believe her name was Garrett. She was awesome. Joe Blair. Right. Joe is the kid, biker chick. There's, there's no way. There is no way on earth Blair doesn't show up on this uh Lisa f- th- this p- <laughs> this Pure flicks show. Yeah, there's Can there's I can I so.
3: give one piece of George Clooney uh trivia that I've gone to, You guys know me. I like to go down weird pop culture wormholes sometimes. We do. And I <laughs> I had found out that George Clooney is like heavy into basketball. Like his old house like in 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 like Hollywood had a full court Outside where he would regularly conduct basketball games. I have a friend who works at Warner Brothers and they have like a basketball court there. And said that sometimes George Clooney would just randomly show up to try to get like a pickup game going, you know. So anyway, I went I was curious about how good at basketball George Clooney was. And so I started looking for clips online, which there are not very many. I found one that shocked me. Absolutely shocked me. Because I'm convinced that he didn't pick up, like, he didn't start playing basketball till he was already a Hollywood star and no one told him. Everyone was afraid to either one defend him in a game. Right, Because yeah. it's like when, when Obama would play basketball at the White House. No, one, no, one's, t- no one's taking it hard to Obama. No, no, okay, no, He's no, the no. president. Yeah. It's the same thing with George Clooney. The people that he's playing with, like if they work at Warner Brothers, George Clooney has the power to make or break their career. Everyone's <laughs> taking it easy on him, and no one's telling him, George, that is the wackest move I've ever seen. At one point, George Clooney has the ball in a triple threat position, right. which means that he can either pass, dribble, or shoot. Right? Yep. Oh, boy. He goes between the legs with the ball Uh without dribbling okay oh, he just literally no. stands there and and puts the leg puts the ball between his legs just just standing there oh, no. as if that's a move and then jacks up a shot oh, I've no. never seen anyone literally that's a basketball move I've never seen anyone do because there is no way that it's effective it's completely <laughs> counterproductive it's like if you don't have the skill to dribble between your legs you it's like what a child will do you, I was dumbfounded that he pulled it off in a game and a little impressed and you at can the same you game. can find that same you can find
4: that same clip using Jesse's search term George Clooney Basketball Skins. <laughs> uh, and uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: he wants to jump on that train. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's a
3: deep rabbit hole, guys. Y- you know what George
2: Clooney can do, though. <laughs> save the life of thousands of Syrian children. Yeah, he so. yeah. makes up for that totally. Yeah. Whack. Love has, that, Love has a name. Yeah. Hey, in case you missed it, One Republic and
3: Tony Cornell performed "Hallelujah" on GMA this week. Oh, cool! Never heard that song. Let's hear it again. Chester Bennington. Chester <laughs> Another inappropriate thing. Why don't you just listen, Eddie? Because you're going to feel like a big time jerk. I mean,
4: I'm sorry that the I, I don't want I. I don't mean to make it a light a Chester guy, but this song we got to find a new song. Well,
2: late,
3: Chester so, guy, so listen. Yeah.
2: Lincoln Park Eddie. was scheduled to perform on Good Morning America right? as part of its summer concert series this week. Tragic. But, but tragically, the band's from Manchester Bennington recently died um, uh, by committing suicide. So the show instead featured a special moment. One Republic performed Leonard Cohen's classic yes. in tribute to the late singer. All of that is beautiful. Yeah. But
3: but wait, Eddie, just wait, just wait till next. So sentence, so
2: so Chester Bennington, yes. sang the song at the recent funeral of Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell, who also committed suicide. Yeah.
1: So
4: that's why they performed it. We might have to get rid of that part then, if I was that awful.
1: <laughs> well,
3: I, that's kinda, what I was saying, just, Eddie. Please, play Eddie.
5: Just give it one second.
2: Uh, <sighs> and making the performance even more meaningful was the addition of Chris's teenage daughter, Tony, on vocals. Oh gosh, oh, here's gosh. I was wrong. Here's a clip.
1: Faith was strong, but you needed proof You saw her bathing on the roof Her beauty in the moonlight Overthrew oh, you She tied you to.
4: First time I've ever seen Chandler cry.
3: <laughs> uh, she's, she's, just, she's a really good vocalist. He's just yeah. really hot in that sweatshirt. I'd voice.
4: like to. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to just go ahead and do corrections and apologies now. Yeah. I think it's very sad that he died, and I think yeah. it was a very sweet tribute. But the fact that it was a. Uh... Tie into what he performed.
2: Oh yeah, for I was Rennell. super messed up. Yep. I
4: just didn't know any of that. There you go. Yeah.
2: Hey, in case you missed it, it's official. CBS is going to kill off the wife on Kevin Can Wait, so Leah Remini can join the cast. Oh <laughs> no! no. no. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: like new, new Becky. I love this. This is the greatest I, this thing that's, great. that's happened so, to TV in the last ten years. So, so CBS obviously <laughs>
2: decided to take the completely ridiculous step of changing. TV's most watched new comedy to essentially turn it into a show that aired 20 years ago. So in the show Kevin Can Wait, Kevin James plays blue collar New York goofball who lives with his wife. Yeah,
4: UPS driver. The setup up
2: <laughs> as the King of Kings. That aired nine for nine seasons back, starting back in 98. The one main difference, other than Kevin James playing technically a different character, is his TV wife. Aaron Hayes played the, played the role for the first season of Kevin Can Wait, but Leah Rimini played the role on King of Queens. So Rimini guest starred in two episodes of the new series and according to producers, it went so well that they've decided to literally kill off the show's current wife and replace her with Remedy. Oh, the next season takes place nine months after the wife's death. Can I ask a
3: question? Oh, wow. Sometimes, sometimes, oh, no, no, the lady on, on the, the way wait, before, wait, Eddie. I great. love it that the producers are like, Oh, it's kind of grim if we're just going to, he's like a widow and she kind of steps in. What's the appropriate grieving time that Kevin James is no longer grieving the death of the wife that we featured the entire first season of this incredibly popular show. It, it should it be like two years. So, like, I think he's over in about nine months. I think he goes back <laughs> to comedy and laughing at like how many cheese balls he can fit in his mouth at the nine month mark. That's when things get funny again. Do
5: we know whether or not yeah. he's going to be, but he's going to be married to Leah Remini's character be. in it, nine it,
3: months, or is it? It's, it's gonna gotta go to be a thing. Oh, oh, no, it's,
5: yeah, it's probably
4: gonna lead up to that.
2: Was the was probably the, the series or season finale will be the wedding or the, the proposal?
4: Was the woman who gets killed off? Is she doing a good job in the show? Like, she
2: did great. She was fine. You've seen her before. She was just kind of a a, a kind of. Standard sitcom
3: wife character, yeah, you know, like just, Jill from Home Improvement. Just fine. She she clearly it, yeah. It, it was TV's. It was TV's most watched new comedy. There was no reason to mess with the formula. Like yeah. literally, if it had been struggling. Then, then I could see okay we need we need to like pull a rabbit out of the hat and swing for the fences even if people even if this is insane and ridiculous you know yep. but no it was a f- doing fine and, they, and she was doing great uh, in the cast they just decided why not do something absolutely ridiculous and I love it I wish more shows would do insane <laughs> unnecessary twists yep. you know like <laughs> right, I yeah. think that would <laughs> yeah. like like a show that is, is is doing great and is is on top just decide hey we have no reason to do this but let's let's make the main character wake up and it's all a dream and he's part of another show that's a different genre. I want to see that happen.
2: I, well, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, they could have done something like this with Fresh Prince with Aunt Viv. You know, it could have been like, right. you know, there's a reason yeah. why they changed the character. Yeah. Or Becky on Roseanne
4: or yeah. any of the... Yeah. Well, they're trying to figure that out too because Roseanne's coming back, but apparently Which I... Becky is going to come back. Well, but the, the bigger question is Dan, who's played by John Goodman, I guess it was either overtly or uh, not said that he had died in the last, had a heart attack, but they're like, he's coming back. So either they're just like, gotcha, or it's going to be a
3: throwback. Thankfully you pulled through because I'm like, you can't bring Roseanne back. Like like
2: at the funeral, like he's in the casket, open casket and all of a sudden he raises his (laughs) hand. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I got a better, I got a better one. Yeah. He's a ghost. He's like Bill Cosby and ghost. So, yeah. so like, Roseanne. It's just like hair, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's it's just like he's how <laughs> like, he haunts, but they know he's there. Like they acknowledge, they acknowledge that he's just like a friendly ghost hanging out. And that can lead to a lot of comedy right. because yeah. only people, only members of the family recognize he's a ghost. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, he's pulling hijinks on their behalf. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. They can
2: all still see him. He's hanging out at the house, the new family's there, he's kinda of pranking the new husband. Yeah, I like it. I think I, Right. Ghost dad. Right. I've
5: got a pitch. I've got a pitch for you guys. Okay. Reboot that 70s show. Oh. Unfortunately, in the off season, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher's character Kelso has died. They replace him with a new Kelso who is just a chocolate lab. They talk to him the same way that they talk to Ashton Kutcher's character the Does entire time. He, is he a
3: talking chocolate lab.
5: He, he operates in the exact same way that the Ashton Kutcher's character operated, that Kelso operated. They bring him in on other little 70, 1970s hijinks. He's just a talking dog the entire time.
4: But they don't even yeah. try to do CGI talking dog. They just do like peanut butter in the mouth with somebody doing <laughs> words like off, a- off a- camera. They, they don't Mr. have a- a- they
5: don't have the money for CGI.
4: No, it's just a dog licking his lips. But they never ever explain yeah. it. They never talk about him being a dog. Yeah.
3: It's like a BoJack Horseman he was made, he was Everybody, a dog the whole time evidently. Yeah.
2: Hey, in case you missed it, uh you remember last week we talked about that the WWE has trademarked 316 3 colon 16. Uh well, of course, this week Stephen Colbert had Jesus on to talk about it. Here is a clip.
4: Oh yeah, brothers and sisters enough, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You hear that, Stone Cold? I'm going to walk all over you like water and go ahead and bring the pain because whosoever shall smite me on my right cheek, I will turn to you the other, and then I'm going to
3: forgive you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like how uh
2: G- Stephen Jesus wrestler is kind of a pirate. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All
2: right. Well that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. I listening to no vacation the song is yam yam at the beginning of the podcast you heard arcade fire with their title track the new album everything
3: now okay it's time for slices what do you have jesse all right. Well, I'm really interested to hear your guys' take on this um, because I know, Eddie, you have pretty strong uh, opinions about the the Olympic Games, which uh, it was recently announced some new cities, including Los Ooh, Angeles, yes, I'll be there. are going to host uh, the summer games. So one of the other cities in 2024 that is going to be hosting uh, the Olympic Games is Paris. Now, the uh, IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is considering something that the people in Paris a new sport I saw this. that Paris wants to introduce into the Olympic Games they they want to for the 2024 games so not that far down the road they want to introduce esports to the competition. So countries would have mm. teams of, of gamers like people who play video games uh, be represented among the athletes and like, they would take part in some sort of Olympic video game tournament and be awarded uh, medals based on on the winning team. Now, uh, I'm guessing that the I'm guessing that the
2: team uniforms will be probably just collections of Tyler Huckabee comic book t-shirts. Burn.
3: Um, yeah,
5: nerd. <laughs> I've already been recruited. I've turned it down. I'm too busy right now. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, so uh yeah, eSports, I, I don't know how much you guys follow this, but, um, you know they're already going to be in the the, the 2022 Asia Games, which are, is still a pretty big deal. They're regularly getting televised, and Twitch, the live video game streaming service, rivals YouTube in live streaming. Like Twitch is a huge deal. There are all that to say is like there are a lot of people around the world who tune in to watch people play video games and to watch these esports tournaments. So uh, as uh, I know, Eddie, you're probably among the cast, a person with the strongest opinion about the Olympics. What are your Guys' take on esports being uh, in the Olympic are, games? Are we talking
4: about some somebody sitting there playing Madden? Yeah. I don't think so.
3: Yeah, they well, I, they play they play things like Halo or whatever. It's hold on, more, yeah, like a lot, a lot of the popular ones are yeah, like Overwatch, like uh, essentially like shooter games, like strategy shooter games. But they fill arenas of spectators. No, no I no, know.
2: No lie.
4: I walked into, I've been in a restaurant before, and I looked around at all the screens, and I'm like, everything seems sort of the same and different. And you realize it's not a sports bar; it was a e- esports bar. So there's like wow. football everywhere, but it's all like kids playing home. Jesse, I run it through the filter that you talked about uh, like a month. What Do you remember your like, what is competition filter?
3: Yeah. What, yes. what, what is a sport? Filter. What is a sport? So what, you, is, sport?
4: what is the filter? I forget all the
2: So, so it,
3: in my opinion, it meets two of the standards. It has to meet all three to be a sport. Yeah. So it has to have an objective outcome. Yes. Yeah, not
2: subjective. It, so you're not just like the okay. ribbon twirler is right. just you know, it's just judged. That's subjective.
3: Right. Burn. So. Yeah. The cure it, it, it has killers. to uh, It has to be some manner of competition, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it has to involve some athletic skill. I think that Ooh. there's, no, no, I think we, uh, listeners helped us clarify that there's
2: an offense and defensive component to it. No, not,
3: well, not necessarily because foot racing is still considered oh, a sport. Oh, that's right. That's right. Be because you know. uh, Well, that's athletic. Yeah, that's not. Or like, um, uh, like who can throw like a javelin furthest or something? Like it's still objective and it's still athletic athletic. and still competition. That's right. Esports to me doesn't meet the the athletic.
2: Well, hold on, huh? Is hand-eye coordination of your thumbs and your brain uh, is that any less athletic than throwing a javelin, which is like just your arm and your brain? I mean,
4: Mm. I don't know, man. Like, yes, but I... It's I, I a degree. <laughs> okay. If Go you ahead. can do the sport yeah. sitting down, it's
3: not a sport. How's that? Well, yeah, I mean, auto racing. Mm. Oh, auto racing. But, but I guess my degree is you're talking about a physical ability versus an athletic ability.
2: Hmm. I don't know. Auto racing. That's athletic,
3: but you're sitting down the whole time. No, no, yeah, yeah. seen I don't know the if the sitting, I don't know if the sitting is, is the thing. I think it's, I think it's more of like the, 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 the degree, like I feel like for, for, to, for something to be athletic, there has to be some sort of like cardiovascular or like strength component well, hold on. in order it's, for it to the be Olympic athletic.
2: games. I mean, it's games. It didn't say the Olympic sports. It's the Olympic games. And that is a game. Jesse uh, archery is an Olympic sport that, that takes a lot of skill. But not necessarily athletic. You're not going to sweat or elevate your
4: heart rate. No, you will. That's the hard thing is like, you got to, it is really athletic to Like shooting
3: those little pellet guns. I don't know if that, I I don't know. I don't think that should be in there.
4: Yeah, but they got those are, there is athleticism that I think we don't
1: understand.
3: Okay. Okay. Whether or not you think it belongs, do you think you, is this something that if you were, if this is part of the Olympics, do you guys think it's a good addition in terms of like entertainment value? No.
4: (laughs) No, 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 no. Because ultimately, I, The part of the excitement of watching a sport is the. Are they going to make it? Are they going to make, you know, clear the hurdle? Are they going to fall down? Are they going to be able to do that thing, which seems completely impossible? It's not like you want to see people get hurt, but that's the drama of it. This is like, all right, well, if they die, then zeros and ones just get reconfigured and who cares? Like nothing is, there's there's no actual stake to it, you know? I mean, I play Battlefield 1 all the time. I almost, my guy dies like every two minutes. I don't feel any sort of like, (laughs) oh, I just died.
2: I feel like there's an opportunity to, like, I think a lot of these other sports that, in the Olympics it is like stripped down and is purely on the competitor meeting uh, yes. the other people. Yeah. I feel like with eSports there would be it would be fraught with the opportunity to rig the matches in the sense that oh, yeah. if I worked on the development team from EA Sports who made this game, I could give secret advantages to the US, my friend on the US team and corrupt it where the, he knows how to get X number of points or X have invincibility that you know like you could you could you could rig and cheat. Com- so yeah. easily, right? Because this is a right. programmed thing, and there'd be almost no way it'd be undetectable. It'd be like right. rigging a casino
4: machine back in the mob days. I, I mean, d- I do just want to see like one of Tyler's buddies on a podium standing next yeah. to like Serena Williams. Yeah, being like, Really? <laughs> oh my God,
2: Serena Williams right there. <laughs> do you like Underwoman?
3: I got a gold medal for Overwatch. I, I, I'll just <laughs> say this I think it is a travesty yeah. that esports have made it to the Olympics before one single timber sport has made it into the Olympics. Great Have point. you guys watched timber the sports? Strongman Those competitions. guys are running on logs. They're chopping them. Yeah. They're carrying them. That is peak athleticism. And it's practical, too. <laughs> if I'm out, if I'm stuck somewhere yeah. with an athlete, yeah. well, you can ask me would I rather be out there with like a sprinter who can run really yeah. fast or, or if I can get a timber sport yeah. pro. Oh, yeah. I'm taking the timber sport Man, pro all day. You, you hanging out with a timber sport pro, you're going to get some serious stories. You know yes. like Timber it, Sports yeah. Yeah. 2020 Los Angeles mark my words we're going to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right uh Tyler what do you have?
5: Okay so how do you guys feel? I'm I'm bringing a love story as a slice today. Um. Uh a love story from a different t- from a different generation I think than then uh we're familiar with. This is just going to be kind of a peek behind the curtain at how uh that how generation Y or Z or whatever we're on now is is doing is doing romance. So you might remember, guys, a few months ago uh, or weeks ago when the story broke about uh, Josh and Michelle... Uh, to now Kent State alums who matched oh, yeah. on Tinder, do you guys know yeah. the story? It was, on yeah. Tinder? Yeah. It
2: was hilarious. Their exchanged. It was like they would yeah. wait like five right. or eight months in between messages to each other. Yeah. yeah, they were like America's sweethearts
3: for a couple of days.
5: They were, yeah. They, the story went. The story went viral. So they kept a romance of, of sort. I mean, romance maybe isn't the, quite the right word yet. They kept a a conversation, a, banter. a flirtatious banter going for a number of years. Uh, just messaging back and forth every couple of months, always with a new excuse, a new funny excuse about why they hadn't gone back to each other sooner yeah. so, so tinder picks up this tinder hears about this story because she tweets some of the exchange and tinder hears about this and they tweet out um we we like you guys a story pick the city where you want your first date in. date in and we'll set it up do you guys know where they where they decided to go well, well all i know is like good morning america picked
2: this up as well and they met on good they morning met. america one morning so it would be in new face. york yeah so
5: they so they met in new york Yes. Uh, briefly just for the GMA show and then Tinder sent them to the destination they had chosen out in Maui where they spent the weekend. Uh, they've been documenting the their dates on, uh, they've been documenting their date on Maui. It seems like they're having a good time from the, from the photograph. This is not a visual slice, but I'm looking at pictures of it. They're too young kids and they're going on bike rides and they're sitting in some sort of pool, which looks like with some fancy beverages, it looks like, and things are going pretty well. Now, the question I have for you guys after this, so you have, so you've become now the sort of viral thing. You've talked on GMA and now you spend a weekend in Maui together. Where do you think they're at when they get asked about date number two?
4: I bet they haven't spoken to each other and are going to continue the pattern.
5: That's kind of like the the bachelor sort
2: of thing where they don't talk for nine months right. after they Sup. film it or something. Yeah, <laughs> they're
4: getting married, aren't they, Tyler?
5: <laughs> <laughs> the quote is from Michelle, who is a, a born star. Send she knows help. how to handle the media. Right. The White House should get in touch with her because she because she knows how to spin this. We're heading back soon, and we don't have any concrete plans yet. But I'm sure our paths will cross once we get there.
6: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> not so not a great sign. And uh, yeah. and Josh, Josh is, is a little is, yeah. uh, Josh he seems is a. Josh like more yeah, optimistic. When's, I'm
3: you know I can't wait for jo- date yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh is like I think I found the one. And he just got friend zoned. <laughs> yeah, go,
4: it's oh, like go. an edited oh. Facebook post, and you look at the early version, and it's like I love her, and now it's just like we're figuring it out. Oh no, oh. <laughs> his quote Josh.
5: is she's so much fun i know when we get back home we're gonna want to meet up again no
4: is that I really think
1: they're on two oh. pages. Oh.
3: josh it's so unfortunate i think they're on two he, different, and different it's pages like why what? what'd she tell you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh.
5: and even the photo i wish you guys could see it uh, he has this big smile on her face and she definitely has sort of a will see look to her oh, yeah i, I think I think Josh is in for sort of a rough letdown oh, if it hasn't already happened. No. If Josh is, is
4: listening. public
3: humiliation. I mean, we've all been there. You know? he,
4: they're like at a chair by the, you know, by the pool and he looks over and she's literally on Tinder while oh, they're no. there. <laughs> it's oh, like, what? No. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh. oh,
1: Josh. Oh, poor buddy. I mean, <laughs>
4: poor I guy.
5: mean. We haven't all been exactly there, like we haven't yeah. all had this happen in Maui. But we've all been. We know what it's like to be on a different page in terms of a of a relationship. Yeah,
2: I just say avoid the whole thing altogether. Solitude is fine. Just just stay at home, cook your hello fresh, watch your shows. Yeah. You, yeah. Don't need, you don't need the heartache, Josh. It's all good, buddy. Yeah.
5: It, it beats getting broke, your heart broken on Good
4: Morning America. I'll oh, tell you that. That GMA clip was <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, was, it was, like, yeah, it was.
3: It was <laughs> like a weird. They might as well have like side hugged. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't think this was going to escalate to this point, but I guess we're going on vacation together. You're, yeah. you're so way taller and ganglier than I thought you were. I, I would
4: also. <laughs> ha- I have a hunch that she knew immediately. She's like, yeah. I'll ride the wave, and yeah. you know, we'll get out of Maui and stuff." But right. I, 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 I purposely wasn't replying for six months. Right. They, they probably. Haven't kissed or anything
2: because she knew the moment she met that this wasn't gonna go anywhere. Yes. You know? She, yeah, she, she was shouldn't. just like, cool, man. Yeah. Hey bro. Hey. I, was, I was on a date with a girl one time and I thought it was a date, and then she threw a bro at me toward the late, and I was like, Oh, oh. oh. oh hey bro. Oh, and I was yeah. like, huh? Kiss oh. him,
3: oh. and then she goes, hey, you know, you seem listen, we're since we're such good buddies. Can I tell you about this guy I'm kind of into?
4: Can I have Chandler's phone number? Oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> so listen, now that now that we're kind of here, hang and bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's up with your
5: brother? Yeah. How's he doing? It's interesting. <laughs> interesting.
3: He's having an eye and in this his sweatshirts.
5: Can, can I read one more uh, set of quotes? Yeah. from, the, I from love a, this Oh, I couple, love this. So-called like, couple. Do you oh, guys? All right, no. So when Josh was asked what it was like to get to know Michelle better, he says, and this is, this is very oh. sweet, unfortunately. Oh. You should hear her talk about her dreams and her passions and oh. her career path. Oh. Her determination and perseverance is really rare and just awesome to be a part of. He's, he's already factoring himself into her dreams and passions oh, and career path no. when when Michelle was asked. Josh. So this interview is done separately. He's, they didn't know what the other one was uh, saying. Clearly. Oh, yeah. yeah this yeah. is private yeah.
4: confessional booth. Oh, no. yeah, sorry, yeah, I could see. I want to have kids that are <laughs> like you kind of moment for Josh. And she says
5: her quote is on this date I've learned just about Josh's energy. He's just oh. always excited.
4: Oh, Oh, sometimes
5: oh, too oh, exciting oh that is uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, that is. josh is always excited josh is in for a josh josh is in for a rocky landing oh poor Man. Josh. That's All a right. bummer. what do you have
4: eddie oh my gosh uh well i have a very just a simple question jesse and i don't just um yeah did you ever hear katie uh katie lang I'm sing the the it at the winter the olympics <laughs> <laughs> no oh wow, what a what a I, touching I, tribute that was oh
3: no yeah <laughs> Before, right before the esports competition, I gotta just say
4: it, I really, it really was about that song. I feel terrible. <laughs> a lot of people were affected by his death, and I don't want to make light of it. Uh, Jesse, I have a just a straight up and down question for you. I feel like you are going to want to dodge it, but right now I want you to picture yourself in a dark room with a, a, a spotlight on you. It's pretty warm. I haven't given you any food or water for a couple hours, and I need to ask you a question. Where were you Monday?
3: Monday of this week, okay, Jesse. First off, that sounds up like that sounds just like the beginning to one of my therapy sessions. <laughs> Get them a little on it. Are you poking me with a sharp stick at any Jesse, point? Jesse, just answer the question.
4: I, I see you dancing around it. Where were you on Monday during uh, during nine to five? Where were you?
3: Uh, this Monday, I was traveling back from Chicago on an airplane, and then I spent the rest of the day at my house. Working. Interesting. And what I can, I can verify.
4: And what state do you live in, mm-hmm. Jesse?
3: I live in the Commonwealth of Virginia. In
4: Arlington, Virginia, a man was seen in a car dressed up as a car seat. (laughs) That's amazing. It was on Monday. He was covered up. No one could see his face. No one could see his arms. And people thought that there was no one driving the car. Because he had dressed up like the seat itself. People called this in and they finally tracked down the guy, only to find out that he was participating at a study out of Virginia Tech where they they were testing out an autonomous car. Car to see how uh, how to see how people outside of the car react to seeing no one inside of a car.
3: They I, can I say two things. I quick, just like Eddie? to know where you were Monday afternoon. I've signed. Let me just say this. I can't say too much, but I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and two that paid me twenty five dollars and free Arby's. Right. So not a bad money. They were using to and to testing
4: the that. autonomous vehicle to see uh, how people would react if like no one is waving them across to basically see how pedestrians pedestrians. would react would they would they cross the street in front of a car where no one is there the guy actually had his hands on the bottom of the wheel like just touching at six o'clock and so he was able to be in control of the car but he was dressed up as the car seat so people would glance over and see nobody there and they were studying it and they're doing a whole series of experiments basically to get ready for autonomous vehicles but some guy dressed they dressed him up as a car seat and got to drive around virginia on monday and i just gotta say it is nothing more than uh, wildly suspicious that Jesse Carey was home on Monday <laughs> afternoon mm-hmm. and, and this in just, a
3: car driving from the airport to his home. This just yeah. goes in
4: the Jesse Carey file. I'm saying there's no <laughs> chance. <this laughs> Does
3: anyone else see the obvious flaw in this study, though? <laughs> like They're testing something that doesn't exist yet, so obviously people are not going to walk in front of a car that has no one. Like If autonomous cars are a thing, it's like, oh, well, that's an autonomous car that doesn't hit pedestrians. It's like saying I want to see how the world reacts to like a robot carrying around a machine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because that might
3: be the scenario one day. But Let me, let me, let me dress up this Virginia tech student, send him out. in my It's like, yeah, I can test a lot of things that don't exist. And people are probably gonna be a little freaked out by this. It. Uh,
4: this study actually showed and it confirmed an earlier study that people are remarkably comfortable with it. So if they see, they'll just walk right in front of this thing. They, you know, and cross the street, they have no idea that it's not just going to jump on the gas and plug them over, right? All of a sudden,
3: but but th- that makes me wonder about the how good the costume right. was because if people aren't afraid of a car just drifting through an intersection with no one driving, that makes me think that like right. his the the head hole or the eyes hole were way too big and they're like, why is that guy dressed <laughs> up? Yeah, like I mean, it just looked like a dude with a trash bag on his head. Right. I
4: mean, it's like when your dad dressed up as Santa and you had to act as a kid. You're like, oh, hey Santa,
3: my dad. Hey, well, dad. it's like we've talked about this before, but it's like on Scooby-Doo cartoons where they cut out the eye holes in a painting and act like the people in the house don't notice you standing behind the painting. Like, it's like clear like, I guess we can go because the guy in the car seats, he's, you know, I can see his face. He's looking right at me and it doesn't appear that he's gunning it. So I don't know why he's in the car seat, but I can see him. I can see yeah. directly into yeah. his eyes because he's looking at the two, road. Two this car is weird. Seat arms at 10
4: and two. So
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> he just itched his nose
2: with, the, with an armrest. So I think he's fine. I, I, I wish that was autonomous driving. Like the cars actually arms, you know, like drove it like a human. That would be yeah. a good future. You yeah know. it would make you feel a little so, more comfortable so,
3: so, so the seat would be like the the seat yeah, on Pee Wee Herman basically yeah, cherry.
4: yeah
2: uh, uh, that's that's how the cars are autonomous is that the
4: chair just takes over yeah or they're autonomous because they just don't care about what you tell them to do <laughs> so when you tell them to speed up they like slow down they're like whatever I'll do what I want That's right. I'm autonomous like, yeah, you can't tell me what to do Cherry had an attitude sometimes I totally did. Yeah. don't even get us started on Cherry anyhow Jesse curious to see where you were on Monday All right, that'll do it for uh,
2: Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Jesus Culture. Welcome LP, the song is No Witness. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. And uh, Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. Uh, they have beautiful templates, seamless commerce tools, and amazing customer support. We use it. I use it. I love Squarespace. I think you should uh, You should too. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT. They get 10% off your first purchase. Go do it. It's a good deal. Squarespace. Today, August 11th, Jesus Culture releases their brand new live worship album, Love Has a Name. Chris Kilala is one of the group's uh, primary songwriters and singers. And um, we recently talked to him about uh, the unique approach of taking a single theme throughout the, throughout the record uh, being God's love. You know, uh, what else he, are they going to write about? A lot well, of different things, uh, but generally all overcoming
4: uh, hope for the future heaven. Well, God, I think that's great. I still think it all boils down to God's love. Still very proud of him. There you it's go. Still really hard to do. Uh, Chris
2: joins us to uh, walk us through some of the album's standout tracks. Here is Jesus
7: Culture Love Has A
1: Name Love Has A Name Jesus Love Has A Name Love Has A Name Jesus
6: Victory. The album's called um Love Has A Name and i mean this the idea behind that title is simple you know that really that jesus is the answer to any question he's the he's the answer to any situation that in need of a miracle or a uh, so that was the idea the songs obviously all float I, th- I feel like have a have a theme that you know is woven in between all of them but the, the overall when we we're trying to come up with the title that song um, Kim leads that song, that, that title was sort of the one that stuck out. Is like, God really is, Jesus really is the answer. He's the name above all names. He's the, he's the answer to every question. And so, yeah, that's, um, I don't know if that explains the overall theme of the album. There's obviously other uh, songs that maybe push a different subject or theme, but <clears throat> for us as a church and a movement, it felt like that, that title was very strategic uh, for where we're at strategic in the sense that there are so many names and you know that can fight for our attention meaning like uh, You know if we're if we're making any name famous It should be Jesus even within a ministry when we travel and we do nights of worship or whatever It's like if people don't leave talking about Jesus then we've missed the mark and um, and so for us that's always been our heart but for us to, as a, as a church, as a movement, it's like we just really want to point people to that simple truth that Jesus is the answer to every question, that Jesus is, um, he's why we do what we do, he's why we wake up in the morning. And um, <clears throat> so for us, it just felt like a very simple uh, message that we could wrap the album around. Here's a song that i felt like we wrote specifically Not i wouldn't say it was it was a it was a politically motivated song but it was definitely a where what is the church doing to model unity and what it looks like to <clears throat> to be one um you know jesus's prayer was right before he was arrested at Gethsemane was that he was with his disciples and he prayed that they would be made one like him and the Father are one, and that we would be one. And then he prayed for those who would become believers, that they would be one uh, with each other, but also one with the Father. And so, uh, it it's really is like a sobering prayer, like that, that was sort of his last um, charge to his disciples, that they would be um, unified. And so, the song I wrote, a, we wrote a song called "Make Us One" that really. I, it, it's a declaration, but it also is a prayer. The bridge even goes into a bit of like repentance, like we repent for our, we repent for our pride and our offenses and the walls that we put up, basically. And so, um, again, not like a politically driven song, but it definitely was something that we're like this, this everything that's going on in the world, the church needs to be a, the model of what it looks like to love each other and what it looks like to, to walk in unity.
1: Make us one. You will be done.
6: Make us long. Oh, make us one. There's another song that kind of came out of nowhere. Typically, when we're working on an album. We have some people from out of town come in and, and write with our all of our artists. And so there's a bunch of writing going on in different parts of Sacramento during the during these weeks of, of um, getting an album together. But my friend, Josh Silverberg, who I've written a lot of songs with, I was talking to him. I was like, we always ask God for, which is good. We always ask God specifically to show up in certain ways, be it a song like Let It Rain or you know, consuming fire or, and obviously those have, you know, meanings beyond the, the natural word. But I was like, what if at the end of the day, we just said, you know, God, really, we just want you to show up however you want. And so we wrote this song called however you want. And it's basically just that simple, like no matter what it looks like, God, we just want you to come. Another one called the weight of heaven that's just really fun I wrote a couple of years ago, and it just kind of didn't land on any of the albums that we've done in in between this one and uh but I tweaked a, tweaked a bridge and um showed it to our producer as we were we had already picked all the songs that guys like remember remember this chorus and they're like, What is this song I'm like I've shown it to you so many times and no one no one's been excited about it but for some reason in that in that moment everybody got super pumped on it
2: was Jesus Culture. Check out their brand new album, Love Has a Name. It's out today.
1: Feel as lonely as I-
2: listening to Purity Ring. The song is Asido or As I Do. I don't know. It's one word. A-S-I-D-O. <laughs> it's either Asido or I do. As I do. Gary Doberman is a Hollywood screenwriter who penned the script for Annabelle Creation, which opens this weekend, as well as the upcoming film The Nun, both of which are part of the Conjuring universe. Uh, he's also the screenwriter behind the upcoming adaptation of Stephen King's It.
4: So, is it are you saying Nun like N-U-N or N-O-N-E?
2: No, the N-U-N. It's, Ooh, even scarier. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. true story, and it's... Yeah. I was invited to the shoot in Romania this weekend, I, I or this week, this summer. I couldn't go, but it's... Yeah, me it's, too. It, it this is terrifying. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm sure it's awesome. I don't like being scared. Uh, the Conjuring movies are based on yeah. the lives of two real-life Christian paranormal investigators <sighs> who look at the spiritual roots of strange happenings. The films were originally conceived by two Christian missionary brothers who've been on this podcast, actually, who experienced strange yeah. supernatural encounters while doing ministry. They created
3: the franchise, but now that yeah, they're doing right. like spinoffs, they've brought in other oh, kind yeah. of Hollywood screenwriters. I remember listening to that interview. Like the Conjuring Films, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle colon creation,
2: is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes for its suspenseful take on the genre of horror. Uh, that, what's crazy is these film mo- normally horror films are panned critically and these are not here yeah. is Gary dauberman
5: we're now uh, uh, four or five movies into building what what I'm hearing being called the conjuring universe. Uh, the Conjuring started yeah. out with the story of, uh, of the Warrens and was, as I understand it, loosely based on, on real people and, and real events. As you continue to build this universe out, how much fidelity do you feel you have to have to some of the source material? And how much freedom do you feel to sort of expand on some of the concepts from the first movie that uh, as you continue to build this universe out?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I think the Conjuring, the Conjuring movies itself, one and two, they're pretty, you know, from my understanding, pretty true to the tale. I know they took great pains to sort of, you know, they, they, you know, uh, Lorraine Warren was involved and, you know, they, they talked to her about story points and what happened and all that stuff. So, you know, those, those tend to veer more towards the, based on true events. As we sort of get, you know, we do the spin-offs and, and we get further, you know, further away from the actual what happened, you know, we get to have a little bit more creative freedom with things in the history. So that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I think, uh, you know, it kind of all stems from the trunk of the Conjuring movies. And then these branches, you know, we kind of branch off and sort of, you know, we get to sort of grow in our own way a little bit and not have to be so tied to the, the this happened, you know, uh, exactly how it happened.
5: There's a lot of skepticism from some people. Some people, it's just a fun movie. Some people really buy into it. They buy the, they, the whole story. They, they see it as more or less a, a
0: historical movie. Uh, where are you at? Where do you fall on the scale? Uh, I buy into it. <clears throat> you know, I always have. I think, you know, I think on one level, I, I buy into it because it's just more fun to think about it, but also, so you know, you know, the reason I gravitate towards things like this, I think, is that you know, I'm a big believer, and there's you know that that death is not an end, but you know, it's just it's just a you know paragraph paragraph break or something. So for me, like these sort of supernatural movies and all that stuff, sort of reaffirms that for me, or or tries to, you know, in a in a weird way, I guess. And you know, I just I think there's just so much. I don't know. There's been so many experiences that people have had of, of uh, supernatural occurrences and stuff that they can't all be, you know, a bump in the night. It's a, you know, I think there has to be there has to be something something else out there.
5: Yeah. Do you have like a, a rigid enough? Uh, philosophy or theology of what an afterlife might look like—that you feel a need to inform your movies with that, or do you feel like you can have just a lot of fun with it as
0: long as you're hinting towards sort of the vague concept of an afterlife? Yeah, it's more of the latter. I don't want to. I don't want to. Sort of plan, you know, my rules or someone else's are imposed. Rules. You know, I, I so it's more of just the idea that there is something beyond, and you know, getting to that notion, and then people can pick up the ball from there and sort of, you know, run with it. But yeah, so I don't, I don't really try to like, and you know, in, in uh, from the get go, sort of try to, in, you know, impose some sort of my philosophy in these types of, of, of movies or whatever. It's just the fact that there is something out there that I think is important to, uh, you know, establish.
5: Does that create any, uh, any difficulties or tensions, especially when you're creating something like The Nun? Because uh, you're obviously mm-hmm. getting involved in in like church hierarchy, and that's something that means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, are those conversations yeah. that you try to like make sure that you're having with, with uh, representatives of the Catholic Church at all? Or do you just bear that in mind as you're creating this and try to be respectful where you can, but also obviously create something that's entertaining and tell the story you want to tell?
0: Yeah, you know, I don't. Th- you know, it's not like I don't. I didn't have. I wish I had. You know, like a consultant like that, and I, I know I could have. Uh, you know, I, like like from the from the get go. But but first, I'm trying to sort of just get to the story, right? Just like figure out what the story is before I get into like all the politics of the church and all that stuff. And then you know, from there, I know some of the, the scripts read by people within the Catholic church and stuff and you know they're 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 welcome to give their feedback and it's something you know I definitely want to be respectful of you know as as we move forward in the process but from the from the very beginning it's just me trying to figure out okay what's the scariest way to tell the story and then from there then I then I start to do a little bit more you know research and going like okay well you know is this is this is this you know, correct? Uh, is this authentic to the church and all that stuff? Is, you know, that's super important to me. I want that. I'm, you know, I, 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 the more genuine you can be, the more authentic you can be, I think the scarier uh, it will be.
2: That was Gary Doberman. Uh, normally I would say make sure to check out his film if you are so inclined yeah, like, to <laughs> want to see his film uh, it's Annabelle Creation insurance it this weekend I'm sure it's yeah, well, I
3: want to preface like because just because of like the backstory of these films they're not like they're, these are not pure flicks okay these are Hollywood horror movies and they're pretty <laughs> scary but it's interesting to kind of hear the roots of of why they are making it to the big screen Eve just, so, turned, Eve just turned 6 I'll take her sure, yeah, right? it'll be fine yeah, it's, it's Christian no problem alright so, stay
4: tuned up next your feedback
7: gives us a lot of names. God gives us other names. So why do we spend so much of our lives listening to the wrong ones? Where can our true identity be found? Filled with captivating personal stories, simple retellings of complex biblical truths and practical everyday challenges, Hosanna Poetry's debut book, I Have a New Name, is a relatable and inspiring book for anyone who wants to be free of their old names, their old hearts, and their old identity, an answer to a new purpose, a new confidence, and a new name. You can read a free chapter, watch a live video, and get your copy at IHaveANewName.com.
2: You're listening to Father John Misty. The song is Total Entertainment Forever, which is what this show is. Okay, it's time for your feedback. If you heard last week's show, we spent a lot of the beginning of the show talking about resumes and what makes a good resume and what you what makes a resume that's maybe trying too hard. Yeah. Jesse felt like the ones that I feel are trying too hard with the bells and whistles, the pictures, the glitter, the themes, um, the fancy fonts. Jesse's like the more the better. So we asked you for the question of the week, how would you make your resume stand out from the pack uh, with some creative ideas uh, that maybe people haven't thought of yet to make resumes stand out? You guys hit this up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also tweeted us at podcast. Here are a few of our favorites.
5: <laughs> I like JJ Carlson's idea. I would make my resume stand out by revealing it via a sleight of hand trick. What card did you pick? My resume, the Ace of Spades, of course. Then to take the trick even further, I remove my mask to reveal that I'm really a mirror and you've been interviewing yourself the whole time and I'm actually (laughs) standing right behind you. (laughs) I I don't totally follow the entire trick, (laughs) but I'd be impressed by it. I'd be impressed with the ending.
3: Yeah. I mean, you, obviously you're hired and you can name your salary <laughs> requirements right now because you just blew my mind. <laughs> Jonathan just reminded us to always use comic sans. And
4: uh, at uh. this point we may have crossed into the irony of that. Like if you got an all comic sans resume, you may not throw it away immediately. Cause you'd be like, oh, if it's comic sans, like point 60,
2: yeah. Like 60 point, like the whole thing. And yeah. it's like, like eight pages long. Yeah. And I'm kind of down. But if they're that, trying to be a
4: designer, that's funny.
2: Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm down. Right, and I get it. I get it. I'm in on the joke. If they're using Comic Sans seriously, <laughs> it's the saddest resume of the year. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right. No, that's right. That's <laughs> okay. This one is from Dave. This one is quite involved as well. Yeah. yeah. D- David said that he would send them yeah, a I box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing an employer receiving this. I would send them a box with the most random items in it. Some dangerous, some fun. They would be related to me and the job in some way. Imagine an object for uh, every line item of the resume. Then I would put in uh, simple notes that ask, (laughs) what do all of these items have in common? One, they relate to me. Two, I can juggle them all. Three, then make them disappear. Want to see? Hire me. I like that because the only way the employer gets the payoff (laughs) is to actually hire the person, and that way you're in. Because if I'm an employer, I'm like, dude, I have no idea what he's going to do with these seven knives, you know, a a baseball, a bowling pin, and, uh, you know, a live frog. I gotta see. So I would hire the guy immediately. He says if you don't hear back, instead of calling back, I just up the stakes uh, by sending another item with a note that says what about now? Then I just keep sending notes and items until I get hired. That sounds flawless to me, David. I'm sure you've landed a couple jobs like
4: that. I was pretty proud of lisa <laughs> whose last name can only pre- be pronounced wow i love yeah, lisa uh, lisa wow lisa i mean it's K-W- it like Sam Wow. I hope i hope so because her comment is wow worthy listen to what she did she said i once added wow look at her experience in highlighter to the top corner of my resume as if the secretary oh, had no. uh dog-eared my resume on the pile i like it I love that it and, so good. and she says as a punchline my employers still have that resume on file six years later. So it worked. <laughs> that's amazing. The, Lisa, I that love is it. actually I love it. really cool. <laughs> that's yeah. dude hat, because that's
5: the, that's what you can just make a normal resume. So you get so you get the cameras of the world on board on board, but you have a little bit of a creative twist to it to get people like Jesse on board. That's a
2: well, I li- I mean, I'm yeah. down with that kind of a creative twist because it's about the qualifications. It's not like I'm going to, you
5: know, bribe you with pizza. You know what I'm saying? It's also a bit yeah. of a lie, which, you know, you have to admire the moxie. That's what
3: But by Cameron, I can, I can ascertain someone's qualifications by standard resume. I can look at what they've done. I can, I can call references. I can see their education. I'm looking for an X factor. Okay, bring me the X Factor. That's what I'm looking for. Someone who's got a little something extra in case things get hairy, and they will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spencer Ray says to make his resume stand out, he would make it into a direct-to-DV film. Derek to DV film. So I guess, you know, a a movie, a fictional movie, a scripted film about his work experience and his life. Then he would hold a special screening for his soon to be employers. I love that idea as well. You know, it puts you put you put some investment into this move, this independent film of yours. Who's not going to hire you? You know, nothing weird about it. That's for sure.
4: Eric Odom, who gave us a little throwback to last week, also goes by Eric's Odoms,
3: said uh, that
4: he could redact almost everything in, in the resume. So like if it says like proficient speaker and killer presenter, it could just be proficient redacted killer redacted great idea he's probably not going to work
3: <laughs> if that, someone if someone hands it, in, a, in a resume and there's big black marker redacted right and then like i see one of their previous jobs was like with the government i'm like dude this person's awesome definitely hired them yeah. too. because i gotta know i gotta know what they did all right, well, there's a lot more where that came from. Just,
2: Go
4: check them out on last week's uh, podcast episode page. Um, it's just Redacted University, Boston, Massachusetts. And you're like, wow, they must have gone to Harvard. And then you realize it was just like,
3: <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, it was a community just... college. It was unaccredited. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was something. It was something. I gave my money to a cult, it turns out. It's uh, not a good. I, legally, I have to redact it. <laughs> Okay,
2: save for this week's
4: editorial question of
2: the week. Hey. Okay, well, earlier in the show, we got talking about the hard hitting, you know, breaking news that CBS is uh, destroying you know, shaking up a perfectly good successful sitcom by killing off the wife character after yeah. uh, a breakout first season and no then bringing back Leah Remini Cause that's, you know, CBS lowest common denominator. Just give the masses what they want. They yeah. want, they want King and Queens back. Yeah. Um, so we want to know this week for the question of the week, what perfectly good show now, not terrible shows, good successful shows. Yeah. Would you radically change for no real reason? And how would you do it? Right. Uh, you know, I- are we talking Seinfeld? We're talking Breaking Bad. I right. mean, like, how? What would you do? Yeah. When would you do it? Right. And and how would you reboot the show to take it a totally different direction?
3: Right. I, okay. Can I give Can I give an example? This would literally work for any show. You introduce, as in the main primary cast, a chimpanzee. Right. Okay. That's like part of the gag now. Right. right. But wait, that chimpanzee is also the world's greatest brain surgeon. Oh wow!
4: Literally, that's actually a pretty good
3: idea. I know it, it would improve vastly improve
2: initially. so any show and you're saying that that would work on any show so Big Bang Theory a, ch- a chimp moves in and he's a surgeon chimp
3: I'm, I'm actually surprised that already hasn't happened in Big Bang Theory right. to be quite honest with you yeah. but I'm saying if it happened in Breaking Bad it'd be weird but I mean it would or Better Call Saul or something Mad Men hey I, I would Brand yeah I would watch I mean why not you, gotta, you, gotta, you got the world's greatest brain surgeon who's a chimpanzee in the show I mean it doesn't get any more the intrigue think, doesn't heighten any better than that Okay, so
2: if you want to hit us up with your ideas, Uh, go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can post them there, or you can tweet us at relevantpodcast.
4: I got to say, you're going to hear an edited version of the show. But this particular podcast has been. There have been some uniquely show-stopping moments. (laughs) Just like
2: there's no way to like brush over it. You just kind of just keep moving on, and And, and and we'll clean it up and post. And
4: I'm I'm responsible for a majority of them. I just want to say it has been been quite a morning. (laughs) So if a few if if a few
2: snuck through and you're offended or I gassed at any moment, just know that there was at least (laughs) eleven times more than what happened. (laughs) We cut out so many we missed one. I Uh, was talking uh, about
3: the song. I I think. Any show, I think any show would be improved. It doesn't matter the genre, drama, like action, comedy. You could, each one of them would be improved if one of the characters had the power of invisibility. Easily. (laughs) Easily. I mean, it would make every show better. I don't know why more TV shows don't have invisible characters. That's what Seinfeld
2: was missing. Right, is uh, Newman had the cloak of invisibility? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Imagine, imagine the the hijinks he would get into. It would, they would, it would, it would probably be on for another three seasons. They would not have run out of funny ideas. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Well, hey, many thanks
2: to this episode sponsors for uh, for making this show possible. Uh, remember, with HelloFresh, you can go over to HelloFresh.com and get thirty dollars off your first week of deliveries when you enter offer code Relevant Thirty when you subscribe. And also, thanks to Squarespace. Remember, you can go over to squarespace.com. And when you sign up for a year, you use offer code RELEVANT get 10% off. Also, thanks to the show's guests, uh, Jesus Culture's new album, Love Has a Name. What is it, Eddie? Uh, Billy. Billy. I thought it was Francisco. Okay. That's a fun name to say. Love Has a Name. It's out now today. You can follow them on Twitter at Jesus Culture, and uh, the album is available everywhere. Uh, Thanks also to Gary Doberman. Remember his movie, Annabelle Creation is out today. (laughs) (laughs) You can use offer code RELEVANT30 to get a free ticket when you go to flickster.com.
3: And Love Has a Name. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> 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 I <was> there, right <laughs> under our nose. <nails>, <laughs> it
4: was right there
1: all along. <laughs> ah, we knew.
2: Kind of beautiful. Not
3: Gary Hart, not the Hart brothers. No, no, uh, no. no. Ted Ted, million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase was. Ted DiBiase. Love the name. Okay. Great guy. Soft inside. Yeah. You can He's on the co- If you're wondering why Ted DiBiase. Ted is on the cover of the Jesus Culture album because these biblical scholars have unleashed the I don't the know. Code. I don't know, man. De that's De the prosperity
2: gospel. I thought it'd be like the ultimate warrior, like oh. a
4: fierce,
3: fierce loving God. That's interesting. Oh. I mean, I, I'm more on the health and wealth train and me and, me and DiBiase. If you like the show, head over to <laughs>
2: iTunes and leave a review. It helps other people uh, discover the show and we appreciate the feedback, but only if you like the show. We don't want other feedback there. Hey, and uh, while you're online, head over to Magazine.com and get the magazine. You can subscribe today. There's a special offer going on. And then, actually, I think right now if you subscribe, you will get in in time to get our next issue, um, which uh, Jesse says is our best ever and you won't want to miss it. So, Oh,
3: yeah. It's it's absolutely true. And if you, you disagree go. with me, please unsubscribe because this issue is awesome. On
2: that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next
1: week. Stop. come never around i miss you everything now this happy family
0: i was like i'm jumping on the back of that train of girls